The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get The Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 207 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. We were just saying we have not actually recorded in a couple of weeks, which is very... I know, like I'm all out of practice. I don't know how to put my headphones on. They're backwards, I think. And <laughs> We are rusty. Um, we never give you guys a break. We always come to you every Tuesday, <laughs> plus with some extras, but we batch recorded a bunch. We got ahead. Yep. We went out of town. We hung out in Austin yep. and now we're back to the grind. Here we are. I've got my mic stuffed in my Harper Wild bra. And uh, I don't know if, if you're a new listener, you probably don't know that that's how I record. But yeah. I have found the mic placement is best closest to my mouth. I don't jostle it as much. And I don't bump it as much if I stick it in my bra. You guys heard it here. Podcasting tips. <laughs> We're so professional. From Sarah and Megan. <laughs> um, so today's a really fun episode. This is one of those kind of series within our body of work that sort of developed like accidentally. And what it is, is we have eight kids between us, right? Of mm -hmm. varying ages. And I think you said one time, Megan, you said it's really fun to just talk about our own kids sometimes. Not in yeah. a braggy way or not in not in the braggy way that um, is, is for other people's opinions, but in the really right. interesting, like what, it, what makes this kid tick and what are they about? And so and they change a lot in six months and with our, yes, they change so much. And with our age spread, we're able to like actually cover a whole bunch of different ages and stages. So when we first started doing this, we literally kind of went down the lineup of our kids and talked about them. And then the last few times we've tried to sort of do it through a certain lens or around a certain topic. Um, so last time was really fun. I'll link it up in the show notes, but we talked about what each of our eight kids was like as a little baby or toddler. And then if, and whether that sort of connected to how they are now, that was a really fun one. It and was. today we're going to talk through our eight, um, through the lens of friendship and social dynamics. So it's going to be pretty open-ended. The structure is really our eight kids. And we will kind of talk about, um, how each of them is different as they have grown through different friendships and how they relate to friends. And so I'm excited. It's a really, I am too. And I think the kids, our kids ages really play well to this because I know, you know, your youngest is six Yep. and six is really, I think when kids start to kind of come into their own as mm -hmm. far as a social life and you can see those styles really starting to play out. Right. And then, you know, my oldest is 21. So now I'm kind of right. seeing now that he's been out of the pressure cooker environment of being with the same kids all day long, every day. Right. How does, he, how does he now engage as an adult? Right. So, yeah. Right. No, I think it is so interesting. And I remember feeling anxious or like focused on social dynamics when my kids were like two, three, and four. And I think yeah. one of the things that will come out today is like 
Oh my gosh, there's so much time left for you them to so time. develop yeah. into their selves. So like the push Who they are too is not yes, necessarily the pusher even anything. Yeah. Or the loner or the biter <laughs> right. or the one who cries like in the big groups. Like so anyway, that's always kind of fun too to talk through these older ages and stages. So um okay, before we get to our ad, let's talk about how old our kids are right now. You kind yeah. of touched on it, but go through your lineup real quick. So mine are 10, 13, 15, 19, and 21. Oh my gosh, that keeps getting those numbers keep getting higher, huh? I know. Um, and right now I've got four odds and an even, but yes, peace. my, <laughs> mine are, this is birthday season. So I always feel like I have like a qualifier. So I have six, right. eight, about to be nine and just barely 11. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready to eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. <laughs> and I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR5050 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, so this is fun. I don't know why, but I always like to mix up the order when we do this. Remember? It's a surprise. It's I have no surprise. idea. Today I was a little bit, sometimes it's random. One time it was alphabetical. Sometimes it's age order. 
So of our eight kiddos, we're going to dive into their their friendship personalities. Um, and in this first half of the show, we're going to do two of yours and one of mine. And we're going to okay. start with young William. So young before William. Well, young William, good old reliable <laughs> William, as we like to call him on this show. So here, Megan, of course, I have structure, but you're free to break from the structure. Okay. Um, but when we talk about each kid... If we if we feel like we kind of need a guide, here's what we're going to talk about. What kind of friendship style do they have? Like, are they a big group or like one bestie or kind of like a float around to different social groups? And then if they have a strength in friendship, they're really outgoing. It comes naturally to them, whatever. Or, and if they have a struggle with friendship. So I feel like as you talk about each kid, you may not need to, you know, address all those things. Yeah. But those are kind of our, our anchor points if we get off track. Okay. Um, so William's 15. He is a freshman in high school. And he is the middle child. So that's just some context yeah. for people who don't yeah. know about Will. Um, Will's friend. So he is different than the other kids, really. It's, it's just very interesting. He's a lot more in social dynamics and popularity. Like he's really tuned into that, like what that looks like and where he kind of falls. I don't ever get the feeling that he begrudges not being the biggest man on campus or whatever. He's just very, like very acutely aware of it. Mm -hmm. So I think that that has kind of, makes him make choices about friendships that are just interesting to me, yeah. which isn't to mean that they aren't real friendships. It's just, I think he always has a mind and eye to that. Yes. Um, in a way that my other kids really didn't. So I would say he's definitely got the BFF going on. He's been um, best friends with a boy named Jack since like fifth grade. They are super tight. That will not waver. Like they don't ever have the kind of falling out where like Jack starts hanging out with another kid for a couple of days and Will's jealous. That's like never happened. Right. They are just, they have lots of other friends each. And they don't always end up getting invited to the same things or whatever. But like, they're very like those two are just peas in a pod. Okay. Super tight. They have a band. Oh, yes. The band they started together. And <laughs> within that group, um, Jack lives on kind of like the wealthy end of town. And so his group, his like sort of sphere of influence, as we'd put it, are the people having parties off the back of their boat in the summer and like stuff like that, mm. you know, out on Lake Michigan. So it's just exposed Will to like a very different group than I'm probably hanging out with on a everyday basis. Mm -hmm. um, and I just feel like he's really found a way to find his place in that group. It's very like, it's probably very typical middle child, right? Like I think his strength yeah. is he's very adaptable. Mm. He's easygoing. He reads a room pretty well. He's funny. Um, and so he's almost, I think in his head, I'm not sure that he would actually say this out loud, but I think he, like we talk about how you've got your your tight little group of besties. And then you've got like the concentric circles yes. going out. You've got like, I think he's very, very acutely aware of where he falls in other people's circles and where they fall in his in a way that my, my other kids don't. So uh -huh. it's just been really interesting to watch. And the other thing I think was really interesting. I think he made almost a strategic choice going into ninth grade. He looked around and he's like, well, I'm not, he's very smart, but he's not super, like super academic. Mm -hmm. Um, he, you know, he wants to play football, but he's not like a super jock athlete, yeah. whatever. So I, he just, I think he kind of went down. He's not the richest kid. He's not the best looking kid. Like I think he literally <laughs> went down the list and was like, well, you know what? I'm going to start a band. And he started a band. And then the next thing he know, like he's got like dozens of kids showing up to see him and his friends perform. And they, they know like probably now they know eight songs at the time they knew four <laughs> songs. So it's just, I think he, he's, um, he's kind of a natural leader in that way. Uh-huh. But like, does it in a very, I don't know, strategic way. Um, I think his struggle is probably because he's so concerned about, and we've talked about this on the show before when he's, yeah. you know, I don't even know if I called him out before by name, but like 
did a really, really bad, really dumb thing once in school, and it was because he wanted to make someone laugh. Mm-hmm. I think he's a kid who's going to be very susceptible as to peer pressure as he gets older. And being that kid who does the terrible thing that right. later you're like, oof, like why? But because the pack was doing it. Right. Or because like, you know, so we've had to have a lot of conversations about that. Like you have to be a good person even when everyone around you yeah. is not being a good person. Yeah. Like that's, you need to bring that to the table every time. And I think he, he really wants his place and he doesn't want right. his place to be threatened. It's not even like he's trying to climb. I don't think he's trying right. to be alpha or like, climb to the top of the heap i think he just wants his place to be defined and not threatened and so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out well and it's like the impulse control thing right like that's what the teenagers it's not even their fault like they just lack it so what's so interesting about what you said is like he's really pretty sophisticated in reading social dynamics like and you Mm -hmm. said it was almost a strategic move to start a band and like figure out and that all sounds like something you know that requires quite a bit of yeah, strategy and forethought right. and sophistication. And yet it's still these pre- still prefrontal cortexes <laughs> that aren't yes. functioning properly and would do something yep. really stupid in the name of, like you said, getting a laugh or yep. being part of the pack. Oh my gosh. It's like yeah. a whole, this, this is a reason where there's like a whole division of psychology devoted well, right. just to the teenage brain. And and I, I don't want to get too deep into this, but like the friendship style plays out in other dynamics too. Like William is the one most likely to get what he wants in in the house mm-hmm. because he knows how to put gentle pressure on without annoying me. And he knows if he's starting to annoy me, how to back off. Like he, he's like, he, he abrades at me. He, he wears, uh-huh. <laughs> he just wears me down in this very gentle kind of easygoing, quiet way. <laughs> and I think he's like that with a lot of things. So I'm, I'm like, I love watching kids come into their own. I think ninth grade is a time that that happens a lot around relationships. I think middle school is a time, upper elementary. Like there's all, there's like every couple of years, there's a shift. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of, he's in a cool spot. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to start with Allegra, who is my oldest. So she's a firstborn and she just had her 11th birthday. So she is finishing out fifth grade starting middle school in the fall, like all of the friendship things. So um, her friendship style has changed so much over the years. I've talked about this on the podcast, but she was completely an observer for the first, I can almost put a pinpoint on it. It was halfway through kindergarten or maybe toward the end of kindergarten. So when she was about six was when it finally changed. She was never, she was a very, um, reserved toddler and kind of clung to me, but often it didn't play out as like, I wouldn't have even called her shy. I would just have called her an, a watchful observer. She hung back. She was intimidated by big groups of kids. So in preschool, I remember her coming home and talking about the big boys and the rowdy boys. And like you would go and observe and they were just normal kids. Like they right. were totally normal kids, but things seemed, and probably because she was the firstborn in a relatively like laid back house, like we're just not super loud or like big movement type right. of people. And so she was, she was very intimidated. And, and so that kind of played out socially and she wasn't unhappy. She never came home and said, I don't have any friends. Nobody plays with me. And I know for some preschoolers, that is a thing. And we'll, we'll get into that, but she was happy just observing. She could always tell me who got in trouble that day. What, who she knew everybody's (laughs) names. She, so she Mm -hmm. was like this hung, she hung back. And then it was like, like a 
flip switch, a switch flipped in toward the end of kindergarten. Um, and she just became much more outgoing. But then I would say she was like, she has been through elementary school, like the friendly girl that gets along with everybody. And we'll talk, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about some strengths and weaknesses. I think uh, a hard part about that is she has been a little bit slower to find either a bestie or a really core group. The, mm. the upside is she's really well liked and she, she likes a lot of different kinds of people. She'll, chat with older kids. She's really good with younger kids. Adults love her. She's just like genuinely pleasant to be around. Mm -hmm. And she's, she likes to have conversations and she's really funny. She likes a good sense of humor. So I think she chats with whoever she's sitting next to in class. And, um, the one struggle we had in elementary school, I want, so we moved schools in third grade, but when we moved schools are, we moved to a brand new school. So everybody there was new. And so even though third grade, that would have been probably a pretty hard year to move, but it was this like magical thing where our school was brand new. So everybody was in the same boat. So everybody worked really hard. The parents worked really hard. The teachers were really good about it, kind of cultivating friendships. And so that year was okay. The next year she moved into a fourth grade class where some of the kids had been in class together the year before, and she really didn't know anybody and that, mm. and didn't know any of the girls. And we had one of those, like the beginning of the school year, I think everybody knows each other, but me. And that, you know, that was hard. And it, I put it on the radar of her teacher and um, it kind of ended up okay. And then lo and behold, a couple months later, a new girl started at the school and they did have this like fast BFF thing that happened. And that, so that was like a few months into fourth grade. So that was, and that was her first like real, I'm not going to say her first friend in fourth grade. That sounds weird, but the first, like she made the friend independent of me. And it was like a clear preference of this person is my person over all the other people. Cause she'd mm. been this kind of equal opportunity friendliness, you know, right. hopper. Yeah. Um, and so that's been really good. And now I would say there's a, a core group of girls that are all really, really sweet. I mean, Allegra still does not, she doesn't ask me for a lot of social time or play dates. I don't know if that's a temperament thing, an oldest thing, but she's not like begging to have sleepovers and play dates all the time. She really enjoys her friends at school, but then she's also pretty content with her brother and sister and our neighbors. And like, mm -hmm. it's not like she feels like, Oh my gosh, I've got to be around my friends or I've got to see what they're up to. And they're not really texting yet. I know we'll get to that. So anyway, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of well, her profile. And I think that's really uh, like, I think it's more common for kids to be happy hanging out with their siblings than maybe yeah. we talk about. Yeah. Like we're so focused on relationships outside of our own home, but even some of my most social kids would rather often hang out with their brothers right. and sister than, you know, than anybody else. So I do think that there can be like a little clannishness. That's not bad. You know, yeah. it's not always a bad thing. Um, like it's actually kind of nice yeah. that she enjoys yeah. hanging out with yeah. and it's, like the family. It's convenient for me. Um, I do, do you find now, sorry, do no, you find ahead. that she goes through, like, I remember times in my life, not probably when I was little, I think when I was little, I was very chatty and, and very outgoing, but um, like really little. But I do remember times in my life when I have played more of that observer role. Mm -hmm. And it's for me, it's been more um, cyclical. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you have seen her ever revert to that, like as her comfort zone. Yeah, I think I mean, anytime something is new, um, I think I think when she probably reverts to it, I don't see it. But my mm -hmm. guess is if I was a fly on the wall at the lunch tables or whatever, if there starts to be some some gossip or some cattiness or some the behavior, the social exclusion yeah. that happens. My guess is that she doesn't quite know how 
to deal with that. And part of it, I think, is she didn't get as much practice as some girls do who are, we'll get to Violet later, but who are more socially oriented. Mm -hmm. Because she was such an observer, she didn't really practice like having her feelings hurt, like getting left out. Like she just kind of stayed on the periphery. And so my guess is that that probably makes her uncomfortable, makes all of us uncomfortable. But rather than be an instigator or a like a um, someone who's really sensitive and hurt by it. I, yeah. I bet you anything. She kind of does that float to the edge and kind of revert to that. Like, whoa, this is, this is like outside my skill set, friendship wise. Right. And we've talked a little bit about that, about she's talked about, she often is the go between of gossip. Like so-and-so comes to her and says, don't tell someone, but this, or don't, oh, you know, yeah. and, we, and she said, they all just like to come to me. And I said, so we've talked about like, what's your role in that? Like, how do you feel about that? And is, is being is just being the recipient of gossip. Does that make you an active participant? I mean, what, like how, like where's the line where it feels like now you're encouraging it or, you know, is there something you could do to, and she says, I just tell them to talk to each other, but they, they come to me. So that's kind of (laughs) interesting. That is interesting. Well, that's wise of her. Yeah. She, wise is a good word for her. She is. Yeah. So wise owl. Yes, he is. Um, Okay. So Owen. Owen. So Owen. How um, old is he, first of all? Oh, right. Owen's 13. Uh, He's 13 and he's in seventh grade and he's the fourth, the youngest boy. Um, And he and my kids are in two. Well, my boys are in like two little two year clumps. So Jake and Isaac are about two years apart, a four year jump. Owen and Will are about two years apart, a three and a half year jump, and then Clara. I think one thing so. you said about Owen recently on this podcast was he is the most 13th that ever 13th. Yeah, th- that ever 13th. He's <laughs> okay. He is running track now. And the other day, like watching him run was like the cutest, saddest thing ever because he's got this sweet, you know, little face, but like his arms and legs are so, <laughs> he's like, he's like a bird, like a long legged bird running. <laughs> With this very intense look on his face and his voice is squeaking all over the place. And he's he's kind of a salty kid in general. Like he's just kind of a little attitudinal, kind of thinks he's smarter than everybody. So mm-hmm. right now it's that's kind of he's always been argumentative and like very stubborn. And right now that's um, it's really accentuated or, or magnified. But he's also so, still so sweet that, right. you know. He creeps into my room every morning to say goodbye to me because he's up really, really early. And yeah. so he'll come in my room and be like, hey, mom, where's the cat? Well, I'm just coming in here to say I love you. Like, Aww. he's just super cute. But then he'll argue with me, too. So was he I, I'm already interrupting. Was he that yeah. way when he was like eight or nine? I know we um, compare Owen and Reed a lot. We'll get to read later. But yeah, that no, stubborn, he's that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I have a memory of actually we have many memories of Owen of being on vacation with Owen where he would start fights for like he would argue <laughs> about us like the dumbest things. And dig in like really double down so that's all his personality type and his friendship style has been interesting he's always had a pretty solid social life but he's not a kid who has to be going 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 with friends all the time he'll go through phases so he'll kind of have a bud for a while that he wants to see all the time but then he's not really good at like making the plans happen Mm. so often it is a circumstantial thing like he was really good friends with this kid Braden for I don't know, four or five years, they were like really good friends. And Brayden is really good athlete. And he's just has, that's like his thing. And so Owen and Brayden don't really hang out anymore. There's no falling out. They still like each other. I'm sure they're still buddies at school. Right. But they just, it is, he's very much like whoever's around him or doing what he's doing right now um, is who he wants to hang out with. When he was super into yo-yoing, he hung out with kids at the yo-yo club. And Mm -hmm. I never get the feeling that he cares all that much if he doesn't get to hang out with friends on the weekend. He's not the one bugging like, oh, or William and Clara right. mm-hmm. are always after me to set up a, a play date. They don't call them play dates, but yeah. like 
you know, get, can I go over to this friend's house or that friend? Can I have this friend here? Like need rides everywhere. Owen's not really that kid. He'll, he'll kind of ask. And then if I say it's not going to work out, he just moves on. He doesn't like to miss birthday parties and stuff, but like, he just isn't, he doesn't really care that much. Um, I think his friendship strength is that he's, he's a loyal kid. Um, and I, he's a likable kid and he's very funny. And I think he appreciates people for who they are. Mm -hmm. So like, if he chooses to spend time with you, it's because he thinks there's something about you that's right good like he's not gonna bother like leaving his comfortable home and his yes. xbox or whatever yeah to go to your house if he doesn't really care that much about you and I, and I think what the struggle is there is that then if you are for some reason deemed unworthy you're out you know yeah I mean? and it's not like you're out and we don't speak anymore it's more like eh. like I don't I'm not gonna pretend to yeah, like, I just don't care. Yeah, I'm I don't not going to bother. Enough. I'm not going to really do the work needed to yes. restore this relationship or whatever. It's like, man, okay, that was fine, but it's over. Um, so I could see him going through this cycle a lot. Like mm -hmm. I could see him having kids he's really tight with that last a year or two, and then he moves on. And maybe that's not, you know, and maybe maybe he just hasn't found that one person yet who's going to be his bestie forever. But he may also, because he's got three brothers, he might just find, he might just get that fulfillment from those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe not really ever need that bestie bestie. Yeah. Um, he's got a real strong family identity. Yeah. A brother identity. Yeah. And I think that that kind of does it for him. I don't feel like he really feels the need to look outside that. All right. I have so many questions. One is you talked about Will being really aware of social dynamics in high school and Owens in middle school. He almost seems like he would be the opposite, like sort of like he likes the person in front of his face, but is a little... Right. Uh, not as tuned in to all of the moving parts of the social yeah. stratosphere. So I, I know I talked on this uh, show once about the conversation I had with the boys about the social strata in school. Oh, yes. And Owen's yeah. interpretation was so off. Now, here's the funny thing. Because he is Owen, he doubled down on his interpretation and like believed it and mm -hmm. wouldn't let anybody argue with it at all <laughs> like like he was like nope that's just how it is but as he was talking we're all looking around like that's just not how it is so i i think he has an opinion but i just think he's not as observant he's i think not, he, it's not a, like he's not ab absorbing it like will is and his, like, his yeah. theories were flawed let's just put it that way so um yeah like he pays attention but like the data he's pulling in <laughs> it's not intuitive data right he right. lives in a world of of yes. numbers and facts and and yes. He analyzes things um, and relationships and things like where people fall in the social strata. It's not as easy to do that with. Like, it's not about how many likes you get on Instagram. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're better liked. Right. You know, like all those right. things are like, right. Like how many people sit at your lunch table doesn't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean that all those people like you, but yeah. he looks at those facts and translates them differently than yeah. like Will would, I think. Do you, my next question is, do, does he tend to match up with kids who are like him? Like who can like, you know, nerd out and go deep into some thing like yo-yoing for a while? Or does he seek out or match up with kids who are like more of a balance? I think it's convenience for him. Okay. I think so a lot of times, yeah. I don't know that it, I don't, the kids don't hang around long enough, honestly, yeah. for the most part for me to find out. But like, I, I get the feeling that there's some circumstantial thing that has brought them together. And as soon as that changes there, he's fine. Right. Just kind of moving on. Right. So sometimes like, like when he was doing yo-yo club, what there was like yo-yo club that was super into it like him. And mm -hmm. for a short time, he was more into that kid than the others, but that didn't last. Like, yeah. It, yeah. So I think it's circumstance and convenience. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. 
So yeah. interesting. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Motion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay. Um, so we are not even halfway through. We have five more to go. And yeah. since you have more kids than I do, you're going to have be... to make it faster. Huh? Well, no, you don't have to go faster, but you do have to go again. There's no okay. way to properly alternate. There's no here. way. No, there's not. So we are going to talk about Miss Clara. We are going to talk about Clara. Okay. So Clara's, <laughs> she's so different from that. I always say this. She's so different. Everyone's always so different. Um, Clara is probably the most besides Jacob, Jacob and Clara are like the bookend kids. Clara's the youngest. Jacob's the oldest. They're both very sensitive. And I think that really played out in their friendships. Uh, I remember, and this is probably something I never should have said, but when Jacob was like in third grade, I'd be like, he acts like what I remember acting like as a little girl, like very, mm. uh, not a way that I expected a boy to act in a friendship, but he was my oldest. So mm -hmm. by the way, I learned a lot. Um, drama, gossip, hurt feelings, mm. like a lot of that going on all the time. And he did, I think, kind of got into middle school and instead of like doubling down on it the way I think a lot of middle school girls do, um, he just opted for another. Yeah, <laughs> he kind of opted for another kind of dynamic to have with his friends. But Clara is she's in fourth grade and she comes home and every day she has a piece of gossip like so. And right now it's very centered around who likes who. OK, 
He said she's got a crush on her. She's got a crush on him. Like there's so much crush talk going on. She also tends to have a BFF. Um, and she had a BFF for a long time that I wasn't super happy with the dynamics in their friendship. And I kind of thought it was the other girl. Mm -hmm. And now she's got a new BFF. And I, I think some of those dynamics are still there. So I'm starting to think it's just the whole thing with having a BFF mm -hmm. at that age. Mm -hmm. There's always exclusion. Mm -hmm. um, there's always fear of being excluded. Mm -hmm. Right. And so even though I, I mean, the little girls are very nice. I was always just kind of like, oh, maybe there's something about like the way they are together that doesn't work. But the two little girls are very, very different. Right. So I think it's more something about the way Clara is in social circles. Like she wants to fit in. She wants to make everyone happy. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want tension. She doesn't want fighting. She doesn't want anyone's feelings to get hurt. And that leads to her kind of having a lot of anxiety mm -hmm. around it, honestly. And maybe um, trying to fix or do things where she's not trying to meddle or anything, but because right. she wants everything to be okay, maybe she busies herself in ways that don't actually serve her. Do you know that what I mean? Is, like trying to, trying to help in a way yeah. in air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. And then actually maybe stirring yes. the, stir, accidentally stirring the pot or like, you know, like, well, and she creates content, right? Like Clara yeah. wants content <laughs> and she creates her own content by like kind of meddling or interfering or yeah, totally. Like, she inserts herself in stuff that's that mm -hmm. she doesn't need to. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that, it, it's well-meaning. And I think it's also a little bit of drama addiction. And it's just very, and her age is really, um, really accentuating it. Now, I will say when it's just her and her best friend, whoever that best friend is right now, it, it's um, a little girl named Isla. They're great together. Like they mm -hmm. play really well together. They're sweet. They never, like, they're not mean or catty. They're just nice girls. She's also got, um, Missy's son, Sam, who she's known since she was a baby, like since she was a newborn, they like mm -hmm. to tell people like we've known each other since I was a newborn, she <laughs> likes to say, and her and Sam are tight, but they have a different kind of friendship too. It's, it's very, maybe because it's the boy girl thing. They're very removed from the well, dynamics. Will you talk about that a little? Cause you and I have talked off, off the podcast about this, yeah. but I, none of my kids have an opposite gender bestie like that. That's yeah. lasted this long. So talk about what that looks like in fourth grade. Like you've said like a at some point they're going to just, it's going to change, but it hasn't yeah, yet. It hasn't yet. They still do sleepovers. Although what's interesting is um, Sam has another female friend on his block. Who's a really good friend. And Missy's really good friends with the mom. So often he'll have a sleepover with two girls. <laughs> so, and he just has a lot of female friends. Uh -huh. So it, it just works out that way right now, but he's really into sports. Yeah. I mean, at some point there's probably either they're going to decide they have a crush on each other. Yeah. Or it's just, or they're not going to know how to be around each yeah, other. Or other kids will say something. That's what or I would Other worry, kids you know, have like, said things before. Yeah. And I think the way it, it makes Clara very embarrassed and like almost angry. Uh -huh. And that's when they would say things like, how dare you? Yeah. I've known her since she, like Sam has said, I've known her since she was born. <laughs> I just think that's so cute. So I, I love it right now. I just think it's like very endearing. Yeah. Um, and I do think it'll probably, I'm going to guess like sixth grade is probably when it's going to take a shift. And then probably in high school, they'll find their way back. Oh, you know? I had great and, like guy friends in high school. I remember yeah. that being really a, such a welcome and yes. it felt like a very adult thing. And right. I, I stayed very close with my totally platonic guy friends. Yeah. In high school. It's just, it's, it's just hard to do in middle school. Yeah. Right. So I think that'll probably change at some point. Yeah. Um, I know the way you had this actually set up was for me to talk about Jake and Isaac in the middle, but I'm going to lump Jacob in with Clara. Sure. Because go for it. they were so similar as younger kids. And then now to see Jacob, it's just interesting. It's yeah. like two sides yeah, yeah, of the yeah. same coin. Um, so Jacob now is 21 and he still has his 
you know, like he had that sort of a group of buddies that he hung out with probably starting about fifth or sixth grade is when they all got close and they're all still, they're all still in touch. Like they all, the group hasn't changed that much. You know, some are off at college, some are working. One of them has a kid, like things are changing. Yeah. Um, but I think he's still close with them. And I, what I think is interesting is that I think his tendency toward knowing lots about everybody around him, mm-hmm. uh, gossip mm-hmm. content mm-hmm. is very similar to Clara. And it's funny to watch the two of them. Clara actually thinks like Jacob is her favorite of all mm-hmm. of them. And they're very alike. And I mm-hmm. think she'll kind of like, like she can gossip to him and, mm-hmm. and he can talk to her and they like absorb it. So Interesting. they're both very talkative. They're both very like the, the most chatty people in the house. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who are, who do the, the least amount of disappearing. Um, mm-hmm. They don't like, slink off to their corner and hide like they really are like out mm-hmm. in the family mix mm-hmm. all the time talking and stuff so um i'm just curious if that's going to play out differently with clara because she's a girl right or if you know when she's 21 if she'll also have kind of her little circle of friends that she zo- like horned in on because mm-hmm. jacob didn't do it in fourth grade either right. so i don't know like what will clara's little group be right now she's yeah. got a, a bestie another bestie and then kind of a circle of friends who I think she spends a lot of time grappling to keep in their place without mm, infringing on her mm-hmm. best friendship too much. She's like trying but, to like, she's trying to preserve happy. the peace. She's, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And is Jacob, I know he moved away for a while and came back. Like, have there, have you seen any like new adult friend, like any signs of like adult friendship? I feel like at 21, I was still very much in mm, my like no. college mode. Yeah, no, it's really the people he already knows. Yeah. Um, they come and go like kind of depends who's around now. A lot of so like when kids come home on breaks and stuff, he'll hang out with them. And then there's a few who are in still in town. And so those are the people he spends more time with. But yeah. right now he's still into those youthful yeah. relationships. Yeah, I remember actually when I was 21, I made a friend who was 30 and we stayed friends a long time. We're still in touch. But I remember just thinking like, like that's I weird. have a friend who's 30. <laughs> like, it yeah, just, I was, you know, it, it was even though it is an adult age, I was still so in the in the mode of anyone that was more than two years older than me just was like in a different phase. Yeah. I had a few of those because I had kids so young. Yeah, that's true. So I would naturally just meet people who were like yeah. in their late twenties and early thirties, even, even if they didn't have kids, it just felt like more of my peers. Yeah. But I do remember having this feeling like, oh my gosh, like, is this what it's like? Is this, is that what it's like yeah. to be 30? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? So yeah. So funny. Um, okay. Well, that was Clara with a side of Jacob. The side of Jacob. Yeah. And I will do Reed now. So Reed is the middle. He's the only boy and the middle child. So he has sister on either side. He is turning nine in just a couple of weeks. He's young for his grade. So he's finishing up third grade. Uh, This is like a topic for another time, but we've talked about the whole like holding back and red shirting and like boys, especially. And where I am to have a June birthday and not stay back is like almost unheard of. So he's like this little tiny, he's small for his age anyway. And he is a full year younger than us, you know, some portion of his class, especially boys. So he's like this teeny little, <laughs> teeny little thing. Um, his friend, like, I guess history was similar, but different to Allegra. He was not very social as a preschooler, but he also wasn't as observant. Um, the classic story about Reed is when he was in preschool and kindergarten, he talked about everyone by the shirt they were wearing. And I almost <laughs> thought he had like facial recognition problems. You know how yeah. some people are like missing that part Face of their blindness, brain? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause he would say, I could tell he wasn't really like 
he wasn't paying attention to social dynamics or even like really looking at people. He'd be like, did, you know, did he just not care. He didn't care. It was, he yeah. didn't care. He was doing his thing. He was focused on what he was focused on. He's highly, highly focused, highly intelligent. So he would call people the girl in the frozen shirt or like, I remember this one time at a park, this kid was like, Hey Reed. It was like a kid from his class. And the kid was like, Hey Reed. And he, he just like, without even smiling or anything, he looked at me. He's like, why does that kid know my name? I'm like, buddy, they're in your class. He's like, I gotta recognize the shirt. Exactly. Like does yeah. not compute. So anyway, so he was kind of a fun surprise. He started to make good buddies at school. Um, his last year of preschool, he made one and then we moved on to a different school. So they didn't stay in touch, but it was a very cute year. This little boy named Troy and they were, they would tell jokes and we would carpool. And for me, you know, it wasn't that I was worried about it, but like he had never had a real friend. And so that was really cute. And then kindergarten, he didn't really click. And then we moved to this school in first grade. And so the last three years, first, second, and now completing third, he has had the bestie of his besties, Eli. And now they have a third Luke and they are the cutest like three musketeers Aww. so it is this group of three they are like we call them like little old men like they're so nerdy in the funniest way and they they all bring very different I don't know personalities to the table but they are kind of like little old men like they're funny they're witty they're snarky they like I, I don't know and they're they don't really care I don't think about the rest of the social dynamics because right. they have each other they're very yeah. smart they like being known as smart it's interesting behavior wise Reed is the most goody two shoes like he never gets in trouble he doesn't have problems sitting still and then the other two is like medium and hard like one mm-hmm. of them is a little more rambunctious and one of them you know really does sometimes have a hard time but they they don't judge each other about that it's like they almost try and help each other like they know oh. that like by association they make a good threesome I have one I have another really cute story this is so cute about them so at our PTA auction a couple of weeks ago Brian and I entered a raffle. So one of the big ways they raise money is the teachers offer to do these fun experiences. So like it used to be like lunch with your teacher and a friend and the kids thought that was cool. Well, now they've upped the ante that if you win these, you could go like bowling with your teacher. And the kids all think this is like the most exciting thing ever, which is so adorable because in a few years, they are not going to want to go bowling with their teacher. Um, So we won it. And so Reed and Eli and Luke get to go on a Surrey bike ride with their teacher um, in a couple of weeks. And they think it is seriously the coolest. coolest. (laughs) So they're just like, they're unpretentious. Okay. So to, I guess to wrap up to our little points, uh, the struggle for Reed, I think like Owen, Reed has no social graces unless you're the one in front of him that he wants to talk to. And you've observed this, you've been around him. Like he is not, he will not go out of his way to make you feel like he wants to talk to you if he doesn't actually want to talk to you. Now, some of this will come with maturity and we really have worked with him on manners, on making eye contact, on like sometimes you just sometimes you just have to be pleasant to be around. It doesn't have to be your best friend. So while he's totally kind and empathetic and loyal to his friends and most of the time to his sisters, he doesn't have a good like he's not a good acquaintance person. Like he's not going to make small if someone's talk. not relevant yes. in his life or whatever, he just dismisses it. Almost. Exactly. And that's yeah. I was asking questions about Owen kind of like the same thing. Like if you're not the one in front of my face who matches up with me right now, right. like I have no use for you. So that's been a little bit of a struggle. I think that's more of a struggle for me because it's like kind of cringy for me. I'm like, gosh, buddy, like maybe just make small talk or be friendly. Like someone's just right. trying to. Um, so that's been a little bit of a struggle, um, a strength for him. I think he will be a ride or die loyal friend, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that is, and he's, he's just, yeah, that's probably his strength. So yeah, and I think Owen, like I think I th- said that was Owen's strength. Like, like if he's in with, if you're in, yeah, you're in. Yeah, um, you're just, you know, 
most people aren't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like I think that some, and some of this does emerge too, right? Yes, like, totally. I don't have like ride or die friends that I found before like 10th grade. Right. Now I do. And I've had some of the same friends right. for right. 25 years. So it takes a while. And same with figuring the, who you are. Yes, exactly. And same with the ability to have layers, like, like the concentric circles you were talking mm-hmm. about, like, I guess it's not really normal for most third graders to like know how to work a room, you know, or to know how to. So I think with him, it's just particularly obvious because he can almost come off as rude and standoffish if he doesn't Mm -hmm. like have any use for you. And I think because Allegra is so the opposite, she's so pleasant to be around and like kind of adult like that way that it just felt like this kind of grumpy old man. So anyway, (laughs) um, but adorable. Okay, so we are left with Isaac for you and then Violet for me. So So Isaac is 19 now. I racked my brain to come up with the names of anyone (laughs) that Isaac was friends with before like now. And it's hard. Like he when he was really little, he he had friends. I was like, oh, right. I remember this kid, that kid. And then I remembered that those were all friendships where it was the younger brother of someone Jacob was right. genuinely friends with. Yes. Um, so it just worked out that Jacob had lots of friends and lots of the friends that he had had brothers about Jacob's yeah. or, Owen, or sorry, Isaac's age. And Isaac hung out with them and he was perfectly happy to hang out with them or not hang out with right. them. Like I never really felt like he cared too much. He had a good friend in like fifth, sixth and seventh grade. Um, but this kid turned out to be like a pathological liar, like mm. one of those ones who like their, his home life was not great. And I yeah. think that he just made up a world, a fantasy world wow. in which his parents were super wealthy and like all this craziness, like just like a liar, yeah. you know? And when Isaac finally figured it out, he was done. He was just like, nope, he's a liar. And that was it. A three-year friendship just wow. ended. And like, I don't think they ever really communicated again. And then in high school, he became good friends with um, a boy. He had like one friend whose name I, this kid has become so irrelevant that I can't even remember his name. And then there was this other kid named Ethan, who he actually went to Thailand with for like a month because Ethan's dad works in Thailand, uh, maybe lives in Thailand. He either works there all summer or lives there. And so he invited Isaac to come to Thailand. And so we spent like a month with this kid. But now, you know, it's not like he sees him all the time because now Isaac's working and he he moved and Ethan's at college. So like he does have like that's still his bestie. And then he's got a a kid that he plays guitar with um, named Justin, who I guess they were kind of trying to get a band together. I'm not sure how likely that is to happen. I don't know how close he and Justin are. I don't know if they just play instruments together. I don't like Isaac's social life has always been a complete question mark to me. He's a very private and reserved kid to begin with. Mm-hmm. I don't think he cares much. Mm-hmm. Like he's never been. And he's the kid. I think I told you in another episode where I'd ask him like in first grade, I'd say, you know, Oh yeah. So who are you friends yes. with? And he'd be like, nobody, I have no friends, but he didn't say it like he was sad. It was just like, I don't have any. And that wasn't true. Kids really, really liked right. him and were very attracted to him. He just didn't feel it or sense it or care. So he's interesting, but he's super loyal and he's, nice and and kind and yeah. like easy to get along with and like talks when it's needed yeah like, he always has like the funny or right thing to say at the moment it's needed but doesn't talk a lot otherwise it's just it's interesting I, I don't know what he'll be like as he gets older so for listeners who haven't been like tracking every one of these kids um you might have seen this is a good time to mention the viral photo because oh yeah we haven't talked about it in a while and um new listeners so uh, a couple months ago this photo of megan carrying isaac would as a screaming three-year-old 
went viral again. There's a whole backstory. I'll link up the bonus episode we did about it. And we made a really cool video telling the story. But all that to say, Isaac was your really, really kind of naughty, rambunctious toddler yes. preschooler who then mellowed out into this super sweet kid. Um, do you have any? Mem- I mean, you said you don't have any memories of any early, early friends. Do you have any memories of of any social changes with that went along with that? Like he's the wild rambunctious kid who can't sit still to then he's this more mellow, shy, reserved guy. Well, I think that's when I felt like I could finally bring him around people. (laughs) Yeah. Like I really think before that, I mean, some of that's also the dynamics of having two, you know, at that point now four. like by by the time Isaac chilled out, we had four kids. Yeah. And he was the second of the four. And they went like, you know, eight, six, two and newborn. Yeah. So he probably started like really calming down around six, but the transformation was not complete for a couple of years. And your head was underwater. In other and ways. my head was yeah. underwater. I think it was like seven or eight when I finally felt okay about like bringing him to a play group and dropping him off right. or like leaving him with anybody or even having another kid over because you get into more mischief when there's yeah. another kid around. And although most of my kids, I would say, I always thought it was easier to have another kid in the house. Isaac was often the exception because mm-hmm. he could get in twice as much trouble <laughs> with another kid and yeah. the room would be wrecked. And like, I never, I didn't always want to deal with that. Yeah. So uh, it was when he got, like when he moved beyond that super naughty phase was yeah. when he started developing those friendships. Before yeah. that, I think he just, I guess he'd play on the playground, but it was rough play. Yeah. Knocking people down, <laughs> kicking them in the nads. I mean, it was just... <laughs> It was just a lot. And I love now when I like, just to speak of that, that viral photo, it just got repicked up. Like it just went viral again. So yeah. it, went, it, it like, Someone so I posted us. it six yeah. years ago. Um, it went, you know, mildly viral then uh, without us even trying. I just yeah. posted it one day and it kind of w- took off. Then someone made it into a meme. Yeah. And then just now, like last week, it got picked up again. So someone tagged me and was like, you have to check out these comments. And I'm reading and it's like, the the meme, which we didn't write and is dumb, but it yeah. was like, you know, if you haven't ever carried your screaming kid surfboard style, you're not a parent or something. And then just to watch people be like, I never had to do that because my kids know where, you know, <laughs> they know they could never get away with that. And like my kids know where their limits are. And I'm just like, uh-huh. uh-huh. Good for you. Yeah. Like with four out of my five, same. Yeah. Yeah. But guess what? Yeah. <laughs> It's not guaranteed. guaranteed. And it's also, like you said, it's not going to last forever if that is exactly. So if you guys have no idea what we're talking about, we'll link up, just look in your, in your show description, in your podcast player. Now we'll link up the video that tells the story, which is so great. And of course the photo itself, if you have, if you have no idea what we're talking about, it's, it's epic and it's all over the internet. Um, okay. Should I finish up with Violet? Uh, yeah. So Violet is the youngest. She is six. She is kindergarten. And I talk a lot about her on this show. She's extra in lots of ways. Um, <laughs> socially, she really, 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 really always wants to be included. And this is like the plight of the youngest. Yes. And the way this plays out socially that I notice when she is being included, she is fun She's creative. She's really funny. Like I'm sure like Clara, like any youngest, she, her sense of humor is far more refined than yes, a normal six-year-old. They, they have a lot of time to work their material out. Yeah. And she, on older, sophisticated people. Yeah. 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 She, um, so that it's when she is feeling secure, meaning she's included in a group and she's feeling like she's not left out. She's fun to be around. She will be just, she has a lot to give. She has a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. She has a, she's got a great smile. 
um, the problems arise when she feels excluded. Now, so far in her life, that has mostly been a sibling dynamic. You know, she's too little to do something or... I mean, you talk about playdates and having kids over. I know there are probably other moms out there, but my the worst possible thing for me right now is for my one of my older two kids to have a friend over and Violet to and not, not have a friend Violet. over. It's yep. like it is it's like almost like having like a one-year-old again. She's either she's like she's self-destructive. She's either like mad and tearing stuff down or she's trying to get into their business or she's crying because they're excluding her or she, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is the worst ever. So that's really hard. Any perceived exclusion is just, I think it's hard for all youngest, but for her, it is like, she cannot get past it. And that, so I think where that leads me this year, kindergarten um, has been really good socially. Like at school, she kind of runs with a pack of girls, but the teacher said she's really good. She's, she really likes boys too. Like she'll run with the boys or she'll have a friend who's a boy. She really loves her brother. I mean, she and Reed, mm-hmm. I, w- I wouldn't say they're close because they have, they're such different personalities, but she really loves to be around him and his friends. So I'll watch on the playground. She's a little bit of an opportunist. Like she'll, if there's a cooler, <laughs> if there's a cooler place to be or an older set of kids that she yeah, could hang with, ditch. <laughs> that is where she'd like to be. And that, you know, again, she's in kindergarten. So all of this is going to evolve, but those are things that I think about like, huh, what will that be like mm-hmm. in third grade or in sixth grade. So yeah, I mean, I guess strengths would be really outgoing, really fun, really funny. And, and I would say generous when she's, she's generous with her energy and her humor. And like, she can be really kind and empathetic when she feels secure. It's when Mm -hmm. she feels excluded that the opposite, the Jekyll and Hyde situation can come out. I, I thought we'd have more of that socially at school this year. But so far, it's really more, it's a sibling or maybe a neighbor. It's a mixed age group dynamic so far. Um, In the classroom, she seems like she's pretty, feels pretty settled with the friends that she has. So I have to ask you, so you know Luna, Jenna's and John, my um, niece Luna, she is two years older. Mm -hmm. Well, She's in second grade Mm -hmm. and she um, is eight and just turned eight not too long ago. And she's like exactly like that. Like, and what I've noticed, I'm wondering if Violet does this is she self-sabotages or it almost becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like she will create a game that literally nobody wants to play (laughs) and no one ever will want to play. And then she throws a fit because no one wants to play with her. When, if she had just done the thing everyone else wanted to do, she wouldn't find like they would include her. She wants to play something like, like nobody wants to play that. So they almost like create these situations around themselves they like set themselves up to fail, yes. but then they can't bounce back from yeah. it. And yeah. like once the spiral begins and I hate to tell you this, it's only marginally better now. Yeah. I think she's better than she was at six, but I just think the dynamics between yeah. her older sister and yeah. then adding Clara in the mix. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough at school, she's never had any problems ever. Okay. So because that's really at school, interesting. Luna is k- queen of her domain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's popular. Yep. She's funny. She's smart. Yep. She's outgoing. So she rules her school, her classroom. Yeah. And then she gets home and it's like, but my big sister doesn't yeah. want me to create a world yeah, for her to play in. Uh, yeah. One thing we have noticed is Luna will accept almost any playmate as like a not so great substitute for a sister who doesn't want to play with her. Mm-hmm. So even like little kids, like yeah. um, their friend Liz has a, has a boy who's six, uh-huh. so two years younger than Luna. Luna loves it when he comes over. Yeah. Because she can boss them around and he yeah. thinks she's the bee's knees. Yeah. 
So like there's something sometimes like a substitute. Yes, <laughs> I think I totally think you're right. And there's so much of that that is similar to Violet. We just had this conversation yesterday because Violet is this is all related, but she is terrible at playing by herself. I mean, so terrible mm-hmm. that I hate to say it, but I've pretty much given up. Like, I know yeah. we have moms write to us and say, oh, my two year old doesn't play very well independently. And I'm like, lady, neither does my six year old. My six year old and she never has. And my other kids did. I know it's possible. It's just it's it's part of this whole thing to her playing by She's herself is admitting defeat. She? It is. It yes. is basically. And I said, Violet, I just noticed something. You wake up really early and you're not allowed to come out of your room before six o'clock. But often you're awake at like five thirty. I said, have you noticed that you can play for 30 or 40 minutes completely by yourself in your room? And she was like, oh, yeah, you're right. And she's fully aware that she just she can't do it because it's like there could be something better. It's like the ultimate FOMO, like the ultimate. And so I said, that is so interesting. Like, I wonder if we like and I was realizing it for the first time, too. She plays quietly. She is not allowed to come out of her room at that time of morning. So she has no choice. But she said, if it's, if I have a choice, it's like everyone's rejected me. I mean, I kind of put those words in her mouth, but like, that's pretty much what it's like. If she has to play by herself, it means mom doesn't want to play with me. Allegra and Reed don't want to play with me. I can't have a play date. My life is terrible. So I can't do it. Well, I, Hey, listen, I I identify. I am a youngest. And when I was a kid, I was that kid who constantly trying to get a play, like a play thing going. Like if not my, I would go down the list. If it's not going to be my best friend. Maybe it's that other girl who lives next door. I don't like her as much, but she's probably available. <laughs> if not her, it's the boy two doors down. He, he'll make a good substitute. Okay, they're all out. There's all those bad kids who play like three blocks away. <laughs> like they're really like, like kind of mean kids who swear a lot, but they are human beings and they're breathing. Can always find them. Okay, they're out. Like I had this like almost yeah. like hierarchy. And then you had imaginary friends and, and then, then you would also friends. knock on the door and make your mom open the door. Will yes, you tell that? I literally had imaginary friends to fill in the gaps if I couldn't make anything else work. and. As an adult, like I have had to train myself as an adult, how to be alone, like how to occupy my own time. And the funny thing is I really like myself. I I think that I am good at like occupying my time when that's what I'm doing. But when I could like, just like with you, what you're saying with Violet, if I have friends who are out there in the world right now and they could be doing something good and I'm not involved like that does feel like I'm like, it a feels like your skin crawling. Like there's exactly. Yes. And I see that in her and I totally acknowledge that's like, that's okay that that's how she's wired. It's just something to to figure something out, to, to navigate around. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. So we have eight kids and I think we talked about all of them. We did. I am known. I have some. no idea if we didn't, if we missed anybody, <laughs> but we've talked one. enough. <laughs> <laughs> the hour's up. So sorry if there's a ninth kid we left out. Um, so just really quick before we wrap, um, you mentioned that in our Amazon storefront, there's a couple books that are really good. One is about kids and friendships um, by Eileen Kennedy Moore, who was on the podcast last year. That's also a great episode. I'll link it up in the show notes. Another book I love about girls is called No More Mean Girls by Katie. Katie Hurley. I would really like to have her on the show sometime in the future. Um, And so we will link those in the show notes, but also our little Amazon store is a great place to see all of the parenting books that we have read and liked. Um, And yeah, Megan, we'll be back with you guys Sunday morning for a Mother's Day more than mom. See you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. 
Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com. 